all right hey everybody welcome to another episode of tiny boy trying to grow tbt2g i'm here with one of my longtime leopard two buddies steven uh how are you today steven doing great man it's a good sunday good sunday that's right all right so um steven we'll just get the questions out of the way first that i ask everybody and uh Okay. So I think I kind of forgot them, to be honest, and I lost when I wrote them down, but I remember like a couple of them. So if I miss one, it's, I'm sorry, but it's not the end of the world. But uh, I know one of them is how long have we known each other for? How long would that be? Let's see. So probably since, what, 2011? Something yeah, like that, 2010, that's 2011. Was, was 11, I think. So I guess that's six years. Yeah, yeah so. wow, six years. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like that long, but it actually was quite a while uh-huh. ago. And I guess that kind of answers another question was, how did we meet? And that was, we didn't really talk at all until me and Fever joined Polarity, right? Yeah, I think we we scrimmed you guys a few times. And then uh, just uh, like a few months later, we just kind of like joined. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it was because of Nate. I think kind of we both joined anyway, but like we didn't really know you at all. Um, and then, I f- oh, another question was, um, what do you do for work? What do I do for work? So I work at a biotechnology firm, and there we make uh, cancer drugs. And to be a bit more specific, we do uh, conjugations with um, this, this bacterial toxin, uh, sugar-like toxin, if you want to Google it. We conjugate that with portions of antibodies to uh, target the toxin at a specific cell type. For example, um, CD21, I think, is one of our targets. Okay, so you're trying to make a cure for cancer, or just like a, to help with cancer, or what is it? Can you be yeah, more? yeah, yeah. So, uh, so theoretically, our, our drug would be like injected like uh, intravenously, and then it would uh, go and selectively target the um, specific cell line that we engineered it to do. And when it does, it uh, forces internalization and then it shuts down ribosomes. And then the cancer cells cannot uh, do translation and that would end up killing them. That's the goal anyway. Okay. We go through a lot of genetic constructs a week, so it's, it's kind of difficult in doing stuff. Uh, this, but it's it's really fun. I really enjoy it. That's interesting. So how how do you like? What do you mean by a genetic construct? Like how do you test that kind of thing? Oh, okay. So by genetic construct, I mean um, specific plasmids that have our uh, gene of interest. And sometimes, like these are all basically um, the sugar-like toxin uh, combined with a portion of an antibody. And we change like here, like uh, our different variants are basically different um, modifications to either the toxin or the antibody. And so like the modification to the toxin would be either um, maybe we want to deactivate it to have like for a control. Maybe we want to de-immunize it so it doesn't cause an immune response in the host. And because it, it's a kind of a bad toxin. Like sugar, if you ever get food poisoning from sugar, it, it is a high chance of uh, messing you up pretty badly. So we want to make sure that it does, doesn't cause a runaway response in the patient, because that would not be fun. 
And also we want to make sure that the antibody um, binds the receptor that we want to, otherwise um, it doesn't work. So th we just kind of like test different modifications each week. Um, my, my branch R&D, we basically like grow these uh, plasmids up in bacteria. And then I have to harvest the cultures uh, and then uh, lyse the cells. So we break them open and then we purify the, the, the lysate to, to specifically get the protein. Now, of course, it doesn't work um, that like it, it's not that pure, but we have methods of further purification and whatnot. Then we send these purified proteins off to a different group and they test them in different cell lines and that kind of thing. This is like so far above my head. I, I am understanding very little of what you're saying, to be honest, but um, I kind of want to move on. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Please, what are you, yeah what feel are free you... to ask me more questions, too, about it. I don't, I don't mind. Yeah, I just, I'm not that uh, smart with like anatomy and stuff to understand all of the words you're using. But at the same time, I have another question that, what would you say to somebody, and I'd, I'm not saying I believe this line of thinking, but what would you say to people that say, oh, well, the, gov or the, the cure for cancer already exists, but the government doesn't want you to have it because you know, then there's more money to be made? Or the um, government or whoever doesn't want you to have it because they wouldn't make as much money off of patients. Because I hear yeah. people say that and stuff, and I'm not saying I agree with it, but what, what do you, as someone who literally works on a cure for cancer, say to somebody that says that to you? Well, um, several different thoughts here. First is that, yeah, I don't, I don't think it would be the government per se, but it would definitely be like a, a influential corporation. Now, I'm not saying someone would do it, but you do have um, some corporate boards and CEOs that aren't exactly the most moral of people. And as to say whether that's actually happening, I, I, I don't know about that, but I don't know if that's completely out of the plane of existence, to put it a different way, just from how people have acted in the past. Just for example, the... Um, What's his name? Um, Martin Screlly, I think that's what his name was, who basically bought the uh, patent for, um, I think it was insulin injections. Or no, EpiPens. It was EpiPens. Yeah, he bought the patent for EpiPens. And then his company jacked the price up uh, to, I don't know, something really ridiculous. And you just, you see things like that. And I mean, of course, there was a bit of a public outcry. But at the same time, I don't know, man, uh, that's kind of common. So I don't. So you're I don't know. saying it's not a, it's not a ridiculous thing to say. Very well, could could have be happening right now. Yeah, exactly. Now that, that's not to say there's there's evidence. And of course, when someone makes a claim like that, the the counterclaim or the counter argument is, oh, where's the evidence? But I, I I don't know if there's evidence. But I at the same time, I definitely don't think that you can just flat out um, say that's never going to happen, as as maybe some people might do. Who think so the world they, is all flowers and sunshine and whatnot? Do you think you'll run into that when you when your team finds the cure for cancer and then you you bring it to your boss and he's like, "We can't let anyone know this," and then he destroys all your work? <laughs> I, I I really hope not. <laughs> um, thankfully, uh, one thing I really like about this place where I work is that the people are. I mean, we're we're a small company, so it's not like um not some huge conglomerate that's just purely focused on like profit as the bottom line and margins and all these kind of things. I mean, granted, we have a budget and whatnot, but 
it doesn't seem like we are, you know, we haven't uh, compromised our morals just yet. So okay. I'm, I'm thankful of that. Okay, that's good. All right, well, that's interesting. So uh, with that, we'll go ahead and jump into the actual first question here. Um, so this is pretty unrelated, but I know you went to, you have a college degree, correct? I do, yes, sir. What What is it in? It is cellular and molecular biology. Okay, so this question is, can you live an independent and decent life in the U.S. if you don't have a college degree? Is it possible to find a decent job with which you can start a family and take care of them financially without any bigger struggles? Oh, man, that's pretty tough. Um, contemporary times, uh, that might be pretty hard, only because we've lost so many manufacturing jobs, and uh, there's not that many other uh, jobs that are capable of providing for like a like a wife and kids and your wife would probably have to work too and i don't know it's hard to say man i know that's definitely that was definitely possible 30 years ago um but today that'd be pretty difficult mm -hmm. yeah i tend to agree um as far as like having the college degree you don't always need it but there's a lot of jobs that um require at least like college credit or like some amount of college hours or credit because um, I know Tyler doesn't have a degree. He never finished his degree, but he, like the job where I work that he still works at, um, makes a decent amount of money. Um, I mean, you could probably, like, if only he worked, it wouldn't be enough to, like, have a wife and kid. Mm -hmm. But if the wife worked and, you know, had a decentish job, then they'd be fine um, type yeah. of job. But, um, excuse me. Uh, yeah, but he has, like, that job required, like, just um, a certain amount of, like, college hours or credit or something. So I know that a lot of jobs do that. I know um, I was uh, looking for jobs just recently, and um, I saw a decent amount that had, that could be done straight out of high school. Like, they didn't, you just needed a, a high school diploma or whatever. Mm -hmm. Now, it wouldn't, like, Again, that's not enough to sustain a wife and kid on just that paycheck. But um, I think most, and this is just coming from a 24-year-old perspective here, I think the friends that I do have, I have two really close friends that are married, um, and one of them just had their first kid. And I think Exciting. most families, young families especially, both parents will work. I think it's rare to see... Um, a family where well, I'm thinking of two other examples where they do that, but I think it's it's really really hard and really difficult and pretty rare it where is. the only one parent, if they're in their 20s especially, will be working. Um, but so as far as like if it's possible to get a decent job without a college degree, um, I would at least try and get an associate's personally, just because definitely. Um, I, I think it's pretty hard if you don't have any college credit to find a decent job. Um, but it is possible. But again, I don't think you'd be able to support. If you were the only one working, I think it'd be near impossible to find a job to support an entire family just off your paycheck without a degree at the least. Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate. Um, it Things used to be a lot cheaper where you could do that. 
and the things I'm talking about, not necessarily just like cheap consumer goods like clothes or whatever. That that's not those have become cheaper. But what hasn't become cheaper are things like housing. Housing and rent is very high. Um, if you're having a kid, uh, maybe your wife can't get maternity leave or you can't get paternity leave. So then you have to pay for uh, daycare. Yeah, and that is very expensive really too. Expensive, yeah. Kindergarten. There's there's so many expenses now that are it's kind of crazy. And you don't want to necessarily have to rely on credit because then that, that that's not good having to rely on credit. And yeah, it's it's very difficult to just rely on one person. So yeah, um, at a minimum, your your spouse is going to have to work too. And then I don't know what kind of education she would have. And you know, it's it's kind of it's it's just rough because like you could do like something like truck driving. I think they make a lot of money, but at the same time, uh, there's been a lot of pushes in automation and potentially even um, vehicle driving could be automated and that, that that's going to suck for a lot of people and there's going to be hundreds of thousands losing their jobs doing like truck driving and that's not even including that's in the, other things like fast food that are going to be automated too i don't know if that's in super near future i would maybe like in the next 10 years that is like a thing but that might be like 30 30 to 40. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I don't know if that's an immediate concern, though. But my, I was going to say, as far as truck driving goes, though, if you do do that, then you have, you're kind of gone a lot. Like, you, mm-hmm. you, you do really long Absolutely. drives. So, Personally, I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, I wouldn't either. But um, as far as uh, the question, uh, is it possible to find a decent job? A lot, like yes and no. You got to kind of do a lot of looking and get lucky, but it also kind of depends on the employer because some employers will care more about your work history or your, yeah. um, you know, credentials. Uh, as far as not, they'll they'll be willing to bypass your like academia credentials if you have like other things that you can bring to the table, kind of. But it's, mm-hmm. that varies per employer, I guess. There's also vocational school. You might not want to overlook that. Um, tradesmen can make a lot of money too. Electricians make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, the post office is actually a good choice. They actually make a decent salary. Um, it's kind of dirty, but garbage men make a lot of money for what they do. Yeah, there's, there's quite a few options you have. Um, I don't know if the positions are going to be open for you, but... right. All right. Well, let's move on to another one. So the next one, I'm not sure. I feel like I have to give this more thought, but this one is, what is your biggest struggle you've faced in life? Ooh, okay. Um, I would say uh, for me, my biggest struggle is keeping in touch with uh, friends and family. I think that's my biggest struggle because over the years I've moved quite a few times and it's really easy just to stop like contacting your friends because personally i'm not really big on facebook or anything so that kind of like i basically relegated to like texting or phone calls and i don't <laughs> i don't really like doing that much either so it's kind of hard so how me. do you t- how, what do you prefer to do to keep in touch with people just to see them in person uh yeah yeah i, I just i i love the the in-person kind of connection and i that, that's what i thrive on i i am i do kind of uh have difficulties just with like pure phone calls or texts and whatnot 
What about recording a podcast episode over the internet? Is that struggling difficult for you? That's okay. I'm okay <laughs> with that. It also helps that, like, I, I haven't really, like, uh, I guess this, this is technically, you know, this is real life. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not fake, but I don't, like, we haven't, like, ever met in person before, but I'd want to, though. That'd mm-hmm. be really cool. Well, you met Fever one time. I have, Did yeah. Did you guys ever follow over. up with that or no? You guys never saw each other again in person? No, we, we've never saw each other again <laughs> after that. Dude, you should go to one of his shows. He does, like, concerts and stuff now with, like, his music stuff. And he lives near you, so you should go to one of his shows, dude. That's true. Yeah, I don't know Michigan, if I would maybe. like his like, style of music. I mean, but... it's not my style, but if I if I knew he was playing, like, near me, like, within, like, a half hour, I'd try and go just to say what's up. You know, it'd be cool. Does he have a DJ name? Is it Fever Ray? It's not a DJ. He's not a DJ, oh. dude. He's, like... He does, like, uh, I don't know the exact genre it is. I think his Facebook page says, like, Dark Wave or something. It's, like, Ooh. it's like it has, like, a 80s, like, blend to it. But it's, like, also, I don't even know how to describe it, dude. It's, it's like, 80s You've never heard his music before? No. Wow, dude. You're not even a friend. You've... <laughs> No, I'll send you something then. Okay. His band is if anyone else is interested. His band's called This Cold Night, is what it's called, and you can find him on like Bandcamp and Yik YouTube and everything. Um, he's done like several albums now. And when I say band, I think it's just him. Dude, it pops um, up in Google search. So yeah, that's like something. they've had they. I see. I mean, we're friends on Facebook, me and him. So I see him post about it all the time, and like, they, there's like reviews of his albums and stuff. So it's been taken off a little bit ever since he quit video games. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that's what he's up to nowadays. But anyway, um, as far as me, what is the biggest struggle I faced in my life? <clears throat> you know, it's hard to not just say. Um, I think I feel like people get tired of how much I like complain about or hate porn. But porn is such a big, like, it was such a big factor in my life growing up that it's like hard to not say that one. So that's my answer, mainly because. I was, uh, I mean, I started looking at porn when I was in eighth grade. So how old are you in eighth grade? 12? Yeah, 12. Yeah, that sounds right. 12 or 13. Um, and I just like, it really effed up my whole, like, especially through like early high school and late high school, even, um, even into like early college, it really effed up my worldview on like anything related to like women or um relationships or sex in general um it just really skewed everything like i i really hate the type of people i don't hate the type of people i don't hate the person but it really annoys me when i'm around the type of person who um will like talk about women objectively in the sense that like like i was there was this one time i went to um it was after one of tyler's wrestling shows and the a couple of people, like a couple of the wrestlers, and then like this guy was one of the crew people that mm-hmm. help out with the shows. We were at the bar afterwards, and he turned to me and he said, "There's a lot of nice racks in here," something like that. Like oh, made some something like that, and that just made me super uncomfortable. I was like, like I literally was like, I was, I didn't know what to say almost. I was like, yeah, I, I mean, I I haven't been looking at that, so I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I never would have that thought. You know what I mean? Like, but that's kind of the way I thought when I was growing up you know what I mean so it really bothers me now but when I was you know in early high school and in high school in general um, a lot of my 
growing up life is that's like the first thing I would notice about women is I would have a hard time not looking down and stuff like that. And I would like just see them objectively and stuff like that. And I would like, it just really effed up my whole perception of, of people and women, especially. Um, and it's been a long process of reversing that. And in that process, I kind of grew, you know, hatred towards that type of thinking, obviously. So that's why yeah. it annoys me when I have people like that say things like that to me. But yeah, so that's probably been the biggest like mental struggle of my life, I would say. Dude, yeah, man. That's boring, dude. It is, not only that, not only does it kind of teach like an objectification, but there's also, it, it's addictive. Mm-hmm. Like you get the, the dopamine rush when you look at it and all those kind of things. And that's, that's not good, man. It's hard mm-hmm. to like just... uh quit cold turkey too yeah yeah that's what a lot of people don't understand is like all of the like the literal brain like chemistry of it and like how it can like f you up and stuff and you know how if you look at it you know consistently then you know the same stuff doesn't you need like a bigger dosage of dopamine and stuff and you have to keep getting like harder and harder and stuff and doing it more and etc so yeah there's a lot of uh a lot of problems with porn and culture in general kind of tries to normalize it, which is annoying to me. Um, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's annoying being around like people that don't understand that and that are, you know, kind of fully indulge in it. It's just kind of, I don't like being around that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Don't blame me for that at all. <clears throat> all right. Well, any, anything else to add on that question before we go on to the next one? Yeah, sure. I would add. Well, just uh, from from your answer, I would add. Um, go to Google Scholar and and put in pornography and changes to brain structure. Just to, if you want, like some more uh, academic uh, takes on that. Word. Cool. Yeah, man. All right. So we'll go on to the next one. All right. So. In terms of various issues in the world, which one is the most important to you in terms of solving or changing for the better? That's that's a massive question. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. There's so many that it's like hard to choose just one as like the most important. Um, I would say. I mean, I feel like a lot of people would say stuff like racism and feminism and stuff like that or probably you know i'm honestly much more i have much more that's the way i want to word it not hey i really am bothered i'm more bothered by things that are going on with like isis and stuff i think that's a really messed up situation in the middle east like that a lot of really messed up stuff happens over there and um i that's why i really hate it when people make like isis memes and stuff like it's it's not a joke dude these people are legitimately insane and uh it's it's drives me crazy hearing about like stuff that they do over there so that's like a that's something that if i could like pick one thing to fix immediately it'd be that yeah i'm not saying i I know exactly how to do it other than you know killing them but like (laughs) I'm just saying if I could like snap my fingers and have one problem in the world solved other than like I guess world hunger and stuff but like in terms of I guess what you see in the news that would be the one I would pick.
That's yeah, your turn to talk. For me, I would say, <laughs> let's see, probably like, uh, like not to use the meme here, but like making our country better again. But in the sense I mean for it is for for those in poverty, and like making infrastructure and critical things like that much better for like the the working class and the and poor people under them, the underclass, and then like the the lower middle class that still has to work fucking forty to fifty hours a week. Oh, by the way, um, how do you feel about cursing? Should I not? Or uh... light or. I'd prefer if you could do your best to not do it, but totally, as long totally as you're not cool. cussing up a storm, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Like, so there's anyway, bad cuss um, words on it, it's fine. Just to repeat, but yeah, just trying to to really make our country better for the so-called uh, the working men and women of our country that, you know, really make it run and, and having less elitism and having less uh, technocracy and self-serving elites in power and having like a like having the revolving door between huge corporate firms and governments and it, it'd be it'd be things uh related to that getting universal health care uh, so so you don't have to go into debt just so you can have like some surgeries or you have to sell your house or just for super ridiculous things like that that people in a lot of other countries don't have to do and it, it it just makes so much like sense to me, considering we're the richest country in the history of the entire world, and and we we can't do that because things like insurance companies will lobby against it, and just I would I would like to change that if I had to change anything. I would I would like to change those types of things. Better working I could conditions. change anything. I could change those type of things. You picked more than one. I should take more than one, but it's just uh, it's okay. there, there's lots of issues affecting mm-hmm. like the working class and yeah. Okay. Tough to pick one. Tough, very right. very difficult to pick one. All right, so let's go to the next question. Next one is, uh, what in your life are you most passionate about and why? And do you show or use that passion enough, or do you think there's more you can do with it? So what, what are you most passionate about is the first question and why are you passionate about it? I I would say I'm very passionate in terms of um, politics. Now, I, I, I need to do something with that passion. Um, it, it's just kind of funny because like I went to university and I did like uh, I did science instead of something like political science, for instance. But I would like honestly, if I could do university over again i actually might have picked like something like political science instead but there's just not that many jobs you can really like do with that Uh and it just kind of sucks too because i I would want to start like my own kind of movement i wouldn't want to just have to like if like to be a politician you basically have to run through the democratic party if you're any sort of leftist whether it be super far leftist or just you're your centrist liberal you have to run to the democratic party and i wouldn't want to do that why not um because the democratic party to put it in the words of noam chomsky is just one side of the business party and the other side is uh, the republican party gotcha 
Now that's not to say they're exactly the same, and I don't want to, you know, say they're exactly the same, but mm-hmm. they have a lot of a lot of similarities. And I really wouldn't want to go through that entire um, structure. You could just look at what they did to good old Bernie Sanders to see why. What do you mean by that? Well, they just kind of crapped all over him. <laughs> How so? How so? Well, the dozens upon dozens of PR releases in the media uh, crapping all over him, the numerous New York Times articles, um, all the... I mean, is not every politician kind of gets that? Especially if you're, like, running for president. Well, yes and no. This, the same people that crapped on Bernie Sanders wouldn't... They didn't do the same thing to Obama or Clinton. They very gotcha. selectively went after Sanders, even though he was actually uh, more progressive than than Obama or Clinton. And yet they, they really um, couldn't accept that. Okay. So, anyway, going back to the initial question, do you show or use that passion enough, or do you think there's more you could do with your passion for politics? There probably uh, could be more things to do. Maybe join some sort of, like, uh, local political party or something. Maybe, like, Maybe Austin has a DSA chapter that I could join or something, but I don't know. I just um, I feel really hesitant about putting my time and energy into a political organization, um, i.e. the Democrats, and not actually getting the things I want done through uh-huh. my time and energy. That just seems like a complete waste of time to like help the Democrats when the only thing they're offering is to get someone like Cory Booker elected. Like that that's just the biggest like waste of time for me. I would never want to do that. <laughs> okay. So yeah, there there like there's probably things I could do, but I don't know if I would like want to do them based on what the actual end results would be. Are you um is your family, would you say your parents or and stuff are uh like more left leaning as well? Yeah, they are Do you I'm, have conversations like more radical than they are do you have like conversations with them about politics pretty often or not really i i do actually yeah uh it's really nice i actually would get my i actually recently got my mother into reading a lot of the same books i read so she actually um takes a a similar outlook on me in terms of uh, corporate power uh corporate representation and government and those types of issues um i've I've really um this is going to sound kind of uh condescending but i feel like i've really gotten her educated the past like (laughs) few months or so like i I know it's it's really laughable to hear that but i don't know man i'm really proud of her that that she's actually like like reading books by like uh political science professors and it's really nice it's really nice yeah I'm, i'm really thankful that um like i can actually have those types of conversations with my parents and like mm-hmm. uh not feel like i'm just talking to a brick wall or something mm-hmm. like not like they're not just totally so not uninvolved with politics or think it's boring or something but yeah it, it's really nice and i suppose like the the main reason why i really like politics is that like uh like you only have one life you know and i, mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting how um like humans as like uh like organisms just really uh how they how they group up and form alliances and get their collective will to be heard of. I mean that that doesn't really happen today 
because the masses don't really have any voice in our country anymore but 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 i I like the idea of that though just uh like how people organize and group and gather and those types of things how you organize society how you want it to be okay yeah i I can understand that um as far as uh what in my life am i most passionate about and why i don't know i've like so many different ones that i'm not sure if i could like pick just like one top one um as far as like which one i i guess use the most often and do the most with i would say um like streaming and like video games type things mm-hmm. um because i definitely spend the most of my time out of any of them i would say my passions would include like that music and uh maybe like filmmaking i guess but not as much as the top 2 but I don't really do anything with music, so I mean, I like mess around here and there, but I definitely put a lot of effort and um, work into streaming and stuff. So that's really what I'm, what I I guess do the most with any of my passions. And I think it's not, I think it's fine to have more than one like kind of top passion. I don't think you have to. I mean, this is kind of the one that just took off first in a sense. Yeah. So like, and I I kind of like chose this too because when I break it down, if you were to like pursue music, um, that would involve once you got you know to that to a point, you would, that would involve like touring and being away from home and stuff pretty often, and that doesn't really excite me. So I love yeah, music man, I and love, love yeah. So um, this one just makes more sense to be the one to pursue anyway. So as far as that question goes, I guess that's the way I would answer it. But yeah, I don't know um let's do a left go go on sorry did i dream this or did i watch a video of yours where you did like a a dead by daylight like like in reality was that you yeah dude that was awesome awesome. (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i love that did i dream this there i did several dead by daylight videos i think i did like uh three or four i did more than three i did four or five i did five actually um, and then I actually just filmed an Overwatch one yesterday, so that'll be up in a week or two. Dude, awesome, man. You need to get into, like, script writing, dude. Yeah, my script is literally, this is a secret of my videos, okay? So my scripts for those videos are literally just notepad bullet points of the lines. <laughs> and then I just kind of, like, think of how we could film each one, like how it could work on, on the screen. But it's literally just the bullet points of lines. So I did take a script writing class in college, so I could like relearn and, you know, work my way through writing an actual script. That's a lot more work than what I need to put in for these little meme videos. Honestly, it's not worth that. Dude, if you made like a short film, I'd pay for it, bro. I don't know if I have a ton of interest in doing that. Frankly, that's a lot of work, dude. And that just True. doesn't seem like a good career move at the moment. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. Maybe in the future, you know, years down the road. All right, we'll do a we'll do a Lefferted, couple Lefferted two questions. Get these knocked oh, out. There's boy. three here. Okay. So what the first one is? What's the hardships of having to play with a team all the way to champions? And the way I kind of read that might be different from yours because I'm still kind of uh, in the. Left of two community a little bit, mm-hmm. so I kind of still know like what teams are around and stuff. But I think the way I read that is teams like don't last more than one tournament now. Like they'll, it's really? just like pug teams that get together and win because they just like get all the best players 
make a pug team, win a tournament, and then the next tournament they sign up with some of their other friends and stuff like that. And a lot of the teams like will drop out pretty early on and stuff like that. So I kind of I guess have a different perspective of that question going into it. But what's what what what's the way you would answer? What's the hardships of having to play with a team all the way to champions? Oh man, well um I I really miss the days uh when teams was just like kind of stayed cohesive like when for example like you you would get a scrim and um someone like shade would answer it like you would play sinister and you would you would play them like repeatedly and i thought that was really cool how you could uh basically play like kind of like the same group of people and not only have a rivalry with like one person but then also have like the same type of animosity with uh, like three other people and it was kind of just like 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 having a beef with like a team i, I thought that was really cool but to answer the question what I what I found was really hard was uh, was when you first got together as a team and you were still um, like trying to improve your like your individual play but also your team play was uh, scrimming very very often but also like not getting so tilted and mad at each other as to stop playing that is a bad sign and that, I I thought that was actually pretty easy to do I'm not sure. Um, how how we actually lasted it actually because when uh no comment Vin and Nate and I when we when we like started playing together we lost so many scrims when we first started like we probably like I, I don't even know how many times like we lost but like it probably took like quite a few weeks until we we kind of started winning against like the, the the crappier teams at the time and then just after that, like uh, we just kind of like shot up in, in terms of skill wise, and then we just started doing a lot better after that. But I, I guess like the the answer would be like just trying not to get tilted, both at yourself when you make like mistakes and whatnot, but also at your team members, because that's sometimes that's easy to do, especially when you're not like on the same page in terms of communication or what you should do in this very particular instance, and you kind of it's easy to rage at each other, especially not only in scrims in practicing, but in like tournaments too. It's kind of, it, it's easy to like uh, get tilted and kind of rage out and whatnot. So yeah, it, it's, it's, it's very difficult just to kind of keep your, keep calm, keep chill, be collected. But also it helps if you get people that are not likely to do that too. That, that, that was also, I kind of really lucked out on um like teaming up with uh those guys back in the day is that they they weren't that they weren't very easily tilted and if they were it never became a problem so uh, yeah that, that probably sums it up for me yeah i would agree with everything you said as far as like being a newer team because when i first started playing i played with raccoon ice cube and eclipse mm -hmm. and raccoon and eclipse especially um are probably like in top three of like both in the top three of like most chill people i've met playing video games yeah they just like yeah, do not really get good. angry at all so i think like what i always tell people um especially newer players is like find people that you're friends with first before you make the team because if you guys aren't friends and you're just going into it like oh we'll learn together and grind it out you guys just won't make it if you're not yeah, friends. Like you guys will, will just will work as well. your mumble will be silent, and you guys will stop talking, and then you'll like because you have no reason to play if you're not gonna mm -hmm. like 
Exactly. If you're not enjoying it at all, you're not going to be playing. It has to be at least like there's like a baseline level of fun, even when you're like losing even right. hard. There has to be a baseline level of fun. Hopefully, like when your tank sacks, like there's like jokes that are said and not just like insults or something, or or, or exactly dead silence would probably be even worse. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's what I always say is try make sure you're friends first and then because I mean we were this we went through the same thing. We would you would lose constantly for weeks until you finally started winning one here and there and then kind of uh it just like we were all of us, me, Raccoon and Ice Cube were all really like brand new to the competitive mm-hmm. scene. Eclipse had played Leopard at one, so he was not brand new, but um I guess he would like just enjoyed our chemistry, I guess, or like enjoyed that we weren't a bunch of ragey babies or something. Yeah. Um but yeah, so you know the fact that we were friends and we played other games together all the time and stuff, um, like we were friends in and out of Left 4 Dead 2 was a big uh, reason that we were together for so long. We were able to get actually pretty decent. Dang man, um, I I miss playing Area 51 with Cool Jerk and Green. <laughs> I don't remember the other people, but I remember Fanatic those two and Asylum. were the fucking most annoying people on their team. What's funny too is Cool Drake's actually really chill now. Really? Yeah, nice. he he chilled out really hard. I don't know about Green. Um, uh, asylum went crazy and then never was to be seen again. And then <laughs> he went to an asylum. Yeah, like he when Brink came out, he was like, "Do you remember Brink that game?" Dude, I do, man. It, it died was like, super fast. Was like, like within like two months. I think the last thing I ever heard him say was. Like before Brink came out, he's like, "Enjoy your dead game. I'll be enjoying my 200 plus teams on Brink." And then I never heard from him again. Eat those words. <laughs> so I don't know what happened to him, but uh, but anyway, um, yeah. As far as hardships playing with a team to the championship, it's if you're friends with the team, it's really not hard. Like whenever I was playing with uh, Team Eclipse, which was with Ramirez and uh, some other people, mm-hmm. um, that wasn't very hard either, is because I mean, I was friends with Ramirez and Nock and Nagi and all the people that were on that team. Um, so it really wasn't like hard to be like, oh, we have another match this week and I don't feel like showing up because my team's annoying. You know, like I never felt that really. Well, actually, I have, just not on the teams that made it to the championship. Because <laughs> it's usually, if you're making it that far, unless you're like one of like Bravo's team, like Pug teams or something, I hate to, mm-hmm. I shouldn't have said the name Bravo, but like anyone's Pug teams. I hate to just like single him out because he's not the only one doing it. But uh, unless you're like one of those teams that you know you rage at each other throughout the match, then I've never been on one of those teams that have made it far. So yeah, dude, those types of teams are super annoying. Especially yeah. like even if when if it's just like a pug and people get super ragey, like that's that's just so annoying to me. When the, when literally the only thing on the line is just like like winning like a like a game and that's mm-hmm. it. It's so dumb. Yeah. Um, so this question should be pretty easy. How does it feel to be a champion in Left 4 Dead 2? Dude, it feels really good. Do you still have your Sevo posters? Dude, I never got the Sevo posters, dude. <laughs> I'm still mad about that. I got the stupid EFPS like bag that was red. I got dude, I that. still use that. And I have. I Not think stupid. I still have the T-shirt, but uh-huh. I never got. The SIBO posters, and I actually wanted those more than like the really? EFPS. Crap. I use yeah. the EFPS shirt and bag actually pretty consistently. Good, really? It's nice. like a workout shirt for me, and then I use the bag for like it has like all of my microphone stuff in it, so I actually use both of those things. And then I have two of the posters hung up, and the rest of them I gave to my friend because I hate the cringy slogan lines for the campaigns on them. 
like on Dark Carnival, it's like you have to be this tall to die. <laughs> I hate that, so I did not want that on my wall. But uh, yeah, they sat in my closet for several years before I actually hung them up. So, but anyway, Dang, man. So, well, I'm I'm jelly that you got your you, posters. Have you talked to have, like how many people in real life have you ever said that you were like you won left at two tournaments too? Like how many people in real life would you say know that about you? Um, my close friends. And then I told my girlfriend at one point, I don't remember, I don't remember how it came up. I didn't, I wasn't just like, Hey baby, you know, I'm a champion, right? Like I didn't say something like that. Like that just is so ridiculous. Uh, I, I don't remember how it came up, but I did end up telling her some, in some form or fashion. Your parents know, are they proud of you? Um, I, I think they did know at the time. How did you, when Fever came over, what did you say to them? Like, this is my teammate, Fever? Maybe. That was kind remember. of like such a long time ago, I really don't remember. <laughs> uh, all right. So anyway, answer, how does it feel? It feels meme team. Yeah, it feels pretty good. It feels right. pretty good. And then this one's kind of vague, but we kind of went over it a little bit. But how was Left Dead 2 back in your days? It's kind of a vague question. We kind of talked about the difference between back then and now. Is kind of there's, like I kind of agree with the whole like sinister, um, team sinister that is rivalry thing. Um, it was pretty cool, you know. Like I remember back when Router Pixies, the European team, was a thing, mm-hmm. and people would say, you know, argue about which team would beat who. And nowadays, beat them one time in a did, we, did they beat us though in scrims too? To be totally transparent, I don't remember. I, well, I think we only played the one. Oh, really? Was I mean, it on the US they had, Yeah, it was on US, so they had okay. like 250 ping. Gotcha, but yeah. So I still enjoy remembering that. I didn't even know that we ever played them. So I must have forgotten that. But uh, yeah, I mean, people like nowadays, that would just be decided. Like, you would have home away game, and that would be it. And it'd be four hours long. Um, but back then, we uh, the tournaments were separated pretty much because the scenes were big enough in the US and Europe to where yeah. you could have separate tournaments. But now they're all together because the scene's so small. Um, but yeah, I remember that being a thing. It's like, a, who would win Polarity or Router Pixies? But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was fun. It was more fun back then than it was now, I would say. But I was also a lot more tryhard back then than I am now. So maybe that's part yeah. of it. Yeah. Like, if you listen to Polarity War Rooms and stuff, you'll hear me, like, cuss and, like, get hype and get angry and whatever else. Um, Fever added a lot of fun to the game, though, too, for me. Like, Fever, yeah. just, like, his attitude and the way he, you know would communicate always made things a lot more fun um i went back actually the other day (laughs) i went back the other day and actually listened to a couple i have like this unlisted video on youtube of random mumble recordings i know i've told you it before yeah i've i've went back and listened to like his his his, uh he did uh two pep talks for siva matches there's one at round two and then another one for the finals he did a pep talk before the game started <laughs> with each of us awesome. back and listen to that so yeah like stuff like that made the game a lot more fun than than now it's just dealing with stupid european or american drama and stuff so it's kind of annoying yeah um, dude, i don't understand like sometimes I, I still see forum posts and it's just like it seems like people are just like still talk, stuck in those it's like teenager mentality where there's just everybody trolls each other mm-hmm. yet the community is so small like why do you like it's almost like pushing people away like that just seems so stupid yeah i feel like the game 
don't know. I mean, it's been on life support ever since we were playing it, so it's still on life support. But like, I don't know, man. Like, it's still I play it just because I, I I have fun still sometimes like playing it, and I still enjoy the game. But as far as like a competitive sense, it, it's never gonna come back. Like, it's it's yeah. we just have to move on in a sense. But I mean, I still enjoy the game, so I still play it. But yeah, I try not to. I try not to get involved with like. You know, I don't run any tournaments or anything, so I just don't want to deal with people and being annoying and try hard at this game that has, you know, 20 active players on it. So, anyway. Yeah, if if my computer didn't have crashes playing Left 4 Dead, I, I'd probably still play it here and there. I just I wish there was a that. way to balance Left 4 Dead 2 without removing, like, every single thing. Like, I, I can understand yeah. removing T2 and stuff, but just, like, it'd be really cool if there was just some way to balance, for example, adding, like, adrenaline shots or trying to balance, like, a, like a pipe bomb or bio bomb or something because, like, you just, like, there's such this disparity between, like, like item usage and whatnot in, like, vanilla versus, like, uh, like Ace Mod or Zone Mod or whatever that it's just, like, like you, you don't really, like, use anything. It's just, like, literally going through the level and you just like you don't even have to look for items. Like you look for yeah. like two sets of pills, and that's it. Yeah, I I agree. There was a config that Sir made um, called Apex recently, which is. Do you know what Reflux is? The config Reflux. I've heard of it. I never looked into it or anything. Okay, so a Apex basically was similar to Reflux, but um, Apex there was no Chrome or Silence Doozy. He has since added them back. So because I complained about it so much, Sir is one of my close friends. And he makes the configs and stuff like he made zone mod and stuff. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, I hated Apex. I told him that I was like, "You're it's not fun at all. It, the, he, there's no melee weapons. There's no Magnum. It's just there's there's the brown shoddy and unsilenced doozy, and no spitter. And I was <laughs> like, let's just go play Left Red One if you're gonna play this. Like yeah. why even like? And there's they're like, but there's trophies and chargers. Like okay, but Left Red One then it's just it's less buggy. Jockeys and Chargers are pretty buggy anyway. Like, I don't know, man. I to me, like once you hit a line, there's like a line to be drawn, where you're just making it Leopard at one again. And, yeah. Um, I agree with what you said. I I wish there was a way to kind of get more balance in there. I I'm not upset at moving removing tier twos at all. Like I really don't care about that. Mm -hmm. But I was I was like I drew a line at like once you remove silence doozies and chromes like. Let's just go back to Left 4 Dead 1 at yeah, this point. And yeah. Melees. Melees is another thing. I really, like, people complain about Melees all the time, but, like, I actually like that added aspect to the game to me. And I understand that the concept of, like, it's OP at clearing hordes or whatever when you're hoarded, which it, it can be. But I like what Sir did in Zone Mod was nerf it, so it only does, like, 300 damage to chargers or something, so you Completely can't really level fine them. with that, yeah. Completely yeah, cool like, with that. I like that idea. I like ideas like that where you don't remove it, but it's still, like, useful, I guess, and different. I don't know. I just, I really didn't like Apex at all. So I actually stopped playing it for, like, a week or two, like, as much, because it was all the pugs were on Apex, and I just didn't enjoy them. Yeah. But, um, anyway, so, let's move on to, those are all the Left of Two questions I had. I told people to ask Left of Two questions since... Only three? There's only those three, yeah. Since uh, I told them we were champions at Left 4 2. So. <laughs> um, Alright, so what is what is something you've always wanted to do, and why haven't you done it yet? Wow, that's hard. 
I have a couple of things that come to mind. One is, um, one was, uh, I guess I did it recently earlier this year. It was being a band, like an actual band. I have a buddy, oh, a couple really buddies cool. that I mess around making music with, but we don't like, you know, we're not like serious enough to like ever try and play a show or anything like that. But um, yeah, I was in a band for like a couple months earlier this year. I think from like January to like mid February, maybe so like a month and a half. Um, and it was really cool and I enjoyed it a lot. And then the guy that like runs the band, like the guitarist, it's like his band. Like he has the mm-hmm. band named tattooed on his arm and everything. Oh wow. Like it's his band. It's like his baby. And he just kind of was like slimy about it and ended up not telling me about anything else. And then I was, uh, you know, basically kicked out, but like he, you know, was scared to tell me I was kicked out. So he kind That's of strung stupid. me along of like, oh, we're still looking for a bassist because we had to get rid of our bassist, et cetera, et cetera. Like he just wouldn't tell me. He all I said from him from the start was just like be straightforward with me, and yeah. he just wouldn't straightforward with me at all. But anyway, so that fell through. Um, but that was a lot of fun, and I'd be interested. Something on my bucket list is like playing a show. I think that'd be really fun to do. Um, yeah, I so we'll see if there. anything ever happens with that in the future. But the other thing is uh, something I I definitely want to be married at some point. But I mean, that's just mm-hmm. an easy answer. Why haven't you done it yet? Because I haven't found someone I want to be married to yet. That's, uh, you know, I'm in a relationship right now, but we've only been dating a Ooh. couple months and stuff. Good for you, Dawkins. Well, well played, Steven. sir. Dude, you're in, you're in a relationship too. You don't have Dude, to I say know. well played. Did I say congratulations to you? No, I but I'm to? just, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy that you're happy. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. But yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's an easy answer. Why haven't you done it yet? Because I haven't, we haven't, aren't at that point yet. But anyway. Those are my two that came to mind. What about you, Steve? I would say getting more involved in politics. Because, for example, um, like if you you can read this really, it's this really great uh, novel. Well, maybe not novel would be a good term. Maybe like a nonfiction book about the Spanish Revolution uh, by George Orwell. It's called Homage to Catalonia. And in it, like I, I didn't actually know this. Like even when I read like 1984, for instance, but George Orwell actually went to Spain to fight fascists during the Spanish Revolution. And I just thought like that was really cool how how someone cared so much about ideology that they would leave England, go to Spain and risk their life because he got shot in the throat. He risked his life just to fight fascists in Spain like that. That's just crazy to me. And I I would. um. I mean, I don't know if I would actually like go to like uh, another country to do that, but I, I think getting politically active more than more than I am right now would probably be one of those um, one of those goals to do. And for a second one, I actually I do agree with you on on like like joining like a band or something and playing a show because right now I'm I'm trying to learn how to play guitar and it, it's actually kind of hard like like trying to self teach yourself. Mm-hmm. I've been playing for a while, but it's it's just pretty difficult. But I, I would actually, I would really like to play in like some type of band. That'd be really cool to do. Why haven't you done either of those things yet? This is the second half of the question. Oh man, um, well for the for the political activism, it, it's uh, going back to my other answer before. It's kind of hard to do for a group that you really like agree with. So that that's one answer. I mean, it's it's almost an excuse, but I'm also kind of lazy. That doesn't really 
like help or anything and i feel like that's most of the reason though that people don't do stuff is that they're lazy because i mean as far as i guess i didn't answer why didn't i do the band stuff earlier than this year because i've wanted to do that since like college and stuff mm -hmm. uh, mostly just laziness and like it would take up time then i kind of eventually just hit a point where i was like okay well, let's try and actually find a band so i ended up finding one and you know that all happened but yeah, it just eventually was like, you know what, I still haven't done this, let's do it now, or else I'm going to be 40 and be like, why didn't I do that when I was younger? I mean, you could always start a dad band. <laughs> That'd be pretty fun. No, nah, it's not what I'd like to do. Plus, by the time I'm 40, hopefully I have a kid or two, or more, or whatever, and, uh, you know, I won't have as much time for that. You know, because kids take up a lot of time. That's true, but you still need hobbies. Yeah, but I have my other ones still. Anyway, well, I don't know what I'm saying. We'll just move on. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, let's do this one. I have never talked to you. I Before we started this recording, I was telling Steven, I was like, we've never talked about politics or anything. So I... Don't know how you feel about this topic either. We've never talked about this. What are your thoughts on gender dysphoria and people becoming transgender? What about those specifically of a young age, like 12 and under, who want to identify as one gender uh, or as the other gender and want to take hormones to start that process? Dang, man, that's, uh, that's, that's really difficult to say. Like, like, just one thing I, I want to talk about, uh, first of all, is just that, like, as a biologist, um, there's, there's a lot of uh, chemicals in the environment that would influence that, whether it be things that you're exposed to when you're developing in the womb that act either more like estrogen or act more like testosterone. That has, that has a big effect. And then not only that, but then after Can you're born you and an you're growing up. Can you give me an example of something that would be like that? Like in the yeah. Room? Yeah, of course. Um, so a, a, a pretty well-known example right now is this uh, additive to plastic. It's called um, Bifismol A or, B, or BSA, BSA um, or no, sorry, sorry, uh, BPA. And that is uh, that has been found to activate estrogenic receptors. And so if you're like exposed to that, even in like like a small like amounts, you can accidentally activate um, receptors normally that would be activated by estrogen. So instead of uh, a natural hormone doing that, like normally, you would have extra uh, estrogen receptor activation, and that could potentially alter development. And so not only that, um, when, you, when you're born, you also have to keep in mind those types of things to uh, like when you're growing up as a child. So I think uh, those have some effects on like human development, be it like in the brain, because um, uh, it, it's been found that people with um, dysphoria have like slightly different like brain structures. Like for example, uh, like uh, uh, boys who have dysphoria in terms of feeling more like a woman, they have slightly altered brain structures to where it, it appears more like a woman's brain structure in like an MRI scan or a CAT scan. So it, it's just kind of interesting um, to kind of like note the environmental effects of, 
of uh, chemicals in the environment. Sorry, okay. what was the what was the original question? I I might have. Um... You kind of answered the well. I guess you answered the background. So it's what are your thoughts on gender dysphoria and people becoming transgender? And then the second part was what about those specifically of a young age, like twelve and under, who want to identify as the other gender or want to take hormones to start the process? Oh yeah. All right. Um. So another thing I wanted to say about that is there, there's like uh, in the discourse, there's kind of like like differing like answers. Like just for an example, it's been like like a common saying is that um like you're influenced by culture and the mm -hmm. environment and whatnot. Yeah. So while I, I don't think that's the complete story, but what if someone is influenced, but they're not actually having like uh, like real dysphoria? You, do you know what? Do you see what I'm like saying? Am I explaining this correctly? Um, I can I think I get what you're saying, but maybe try and describe it a little bit more, just in case. Like, uh, like what if you're getting like um. How do I explain this? Like I, the way I took it was like, what if uh, a boy likes playing with dolls, and culture says, "Oh, you must be a girl," but he's like, "Wait, no, I'm a boy." This kind of is what you're saying. Like culture would say, he's having dysphoria, but he might not actually be having any sort yeah, of mental. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So there's things like that, and then there's this, uh, there's this news article I saw. I'm, I'm not sure when. Um, I'll try to find it at some point, but it was like uh, like these parents were like forcing their son to like wear dresses and things like that. Like, what if that what if that makes the son think that he's actually like a girl or something like that? You know, mm -hmm. so there's things like that. And then, but I'm also there's there's probably uh, some kids that are also um, they just naturally feel that way. So there's that too. Mm -hmm. But it's it's just it's really hard um, determining which kids should actually do that. I, isn't there some percentage like 90% or something it's a really high percentage that a lot of kids that have some sort of thought like that when they're young um, as far as like feeling like they're the opposite gender grow out of it by a certain age or something like that I, I, I don't I remember know hearing that I don't know about that but I, I wouldn't be surprised I don't know about spe a specific percentage because you can like just through history there's always been like a like a small amount of people that have um, kind of had those uh, uh, different thoughts about it, like having dysphoria, for instance. What do you mean? Like, like there's just been uh, like, a, like a few percentage of people in like a given population that would just um, naturally be inclined to okay. just have those types of thoughts. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I mean, as far as like my thoughts on it, um, I don't really care. Like if someone wants to, like if someone's a guy and wants to be a girl, if they're an adult, yeah. Um, I have a couple problems with a couple aspects of what that entails, though. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as before I get into that, I'll answer the second part though. As far as the young children, um, my personal thought is, if you're twelve and under, especially, I am very against. Um, pursuing and sort of any sort of hormone treatment or any sort of like beginning the process of switching. Um, I think like something like therapy would be f fine, like having a, mm -hmm. a psychologist or something like to talk to about it or something like that, like kind of work through it that way. But I'm very against. Um, 
Like, I know for a fact that I've read, I guess I should try and look it up, but I'm scared that my typing would be loud on my mic since I'm at my desk and usually these aren't at my desk. But I'm pretty positive I've seen a percentage that's pretty high um, of children that grow out of that, so to speak. Not like literally, like, you know, in quotes, grow out of it, like change their mind when they get older. Yeah. Um, so that's one reason I'm very against it is because, I mean, I was a complete idiot when I was younger. Um, I kind of view most children as idiots generally um yeah <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> um but i mean i'm not saying they shouldn't have any right to their own body but at the same time i just don't think they're old enough to fully understand everything yet and like if they if they have that thought when they're young and they grow up and they're you know 25 and they still feel that way i'm not saying 25 is like the minimum but i'm just giving an example here if yeah. they grow up and they're like an adult and they still feel that way, then fine. Like, I'm not going to try and stop them. But I think at 12 and under especially, I think it's pretty bad to start doing some sort of hormonal treatment hormonal treatment towards that kind of thing. Like, there is some, some mom in Detroit who let the, her, like, 13-year-old son start hormone treatment or something like that. Um, and I just saw that story and I was almost flabbergasted like i can't believe a parent would do that and there's like something in canada i don't know if you pay attention to or know much about um there's like some law passed in i don't know if it's all of canada or just like a part of canada or a city or a, you know province or whatever but um there was like if you don't let your child pursue like treatment or something oh, yeah, then the I've government can like take your kid or something like the social that. services will step right, in. I, right. Uh, I don't know about that that's either, dude. really messed up in my opinion like i think that's awful um i think once the kid is like 18 or something and you know is an a ad legal adult he could make that sort of choice and then like oh, fine but yeah i just don't like the idea of pushing that trends like starting the switch that early especially before they hit like puberty and stuff where like their body's even fully grown yet like i, I just i don't think that's a good idea at all um, as far as gender dysphoria, though, and, like, transgender friends, mm -hmm. like, I have transgender friends. I don't care. Like, I won't, I'm not one of those people that, like, will refuse to call you whatever pronoun you want. Yeah, I think once yeah. you start getting into, like, the Z and Gen or whatever those weird made-up ones are, I'm kind of, like, I've never met anybody that's asked to be called that before. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's kind of crossing a line. And once you start making up more than what actually exists... I kind yeah, of my friend a just wants to be it, treated but... uh, normally, just like one of the guys, and that's totally fine. Like there, there's literally no issue with that. Yeah, like I, I don't have much of an issue with it. Like I, I care more about like being friends with a person and having a relationship with the person than I do to like angrily not use their pronoun. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I think that yeah. would if 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 there is anything to be helped, um, which I guess I'm not saying that there is, because I you know people might get upset if I think that that's wrong or whatever like i really don't care but i care more about being there as a person in someone's life than angrily not using the right pronoun or whatever so that's my general thoughts on the whole transgender movement thing all right and another reason i've had actually i'll just i'll shut up i'm not gonna say that do you have any other thoughts on that um none that i can think of uh okay. right now I think I've explained my views adequately. Okay. I hope so, at least. <laughs>
Uh, all right, so let's do like one, maybe two more. And then this one actually has your name in it, so we'll do this one. Has my name in it? Uh, yeah, because it's like for you, this question, as opposed to just a general podcast question. So Was it from Alexi? Um, don't know. Anonymous. Uh, who, who, knows, who knows my name? Anonymous. Any, everyone. I said it was my buddy Steven when I was oh, hyping okay. this episode up. So. Um, anyway, did Steven get his degree in science things so that he could mad scientist his way into making a danker strain of vape nation? But on a serious <laughs> note, what is your opinion on drug addiction? Obviously not marijuana, but when someone you care for is suffering Obviously from a severe... not on marijuana. <laughs> But when someone you care for is suffering from a severe addiction, at what point, if ever, do you decide to give up the hope of their recovery? For you specifically, do you think it would be after a certain time amount, uh, a certain time amount of time passed, or a specific number of failed attempts to get clean, or possibly even drastic events like thefts that would make you lose faith? If you currently do know somebody suffering from addiction, maybe even just elaborate on how it's affected you. Be selfish with it. Um. Well, to start out with, I do know someone addicted to something, and I wish they'd really stop. That would be my parents, and they are heavily addicted to cigarettes. And uh, I've actually, I've tried to get them to quit for um, quite a long time. By the way, just an aside, I I think this person might be talking about harder drugs like heroin or something or mm -hmm. opiates. So I, I kind of feel a little uh, weird just trying to like, uh, like, hey, they're addicted to cigarettes or whatnot. But mm -hmm. yeah, I, I just, uh, I really wish they would quit smoking. And I'm, I'm actually pretty worried that someone's going to get emphysema or lung cancer or something pretty bad like that. So I, I do, I do know some people. Um, I haven't personally been uh, very successful in getting them to quit, so that kind of sucks. But uh, to answer other parts of the question, if someone's um, like more like addicted to harder drugs, that, that that's pretty uh, difficult. Um, I would I would say when it starts like really affecting their lives, like honestly, I would totally be fine with uh, like stepping in, like definitely step in, and they might like in the moment resent you or dislike you for that. But I think uh, in five to seven years time when they are actually like off of like the, the drug in question, I think they would be very thankful that you did that. Yeah. And honestly, I would say do whatever it takes. Like I like, don't get them arrested or something like, like that, but maybe like get them uh, put into like a, like a drug rehab clinic or, is that you can't even get like put that. into rehab unless the person ex like agrees. You can't like force someone into rehab. I thought. Oh, is that the law? I, I'm, I'm not pretty familiar. sure. I think I they have to like sign themselves to up, that. so to speak. Um, yeah. I mean, as as far as like addiction, I mean, I won't go my whole my whole horn route, but that was a whole addiction series. Um. I do have a family member, an extended family member that is um, addicted to uh, a hard drug. I'll be pretty vague with this because, it, I mean, it involves people in my family. So, mm -hmm. um, But I do have an extended family member who's addicted to a hard drug, and it directly uh, affected somebody very close to me. Um, and like on Christmas Eve or something like that, it was like around Christmas, um, he was like completely strung out in one of um, 
my family members had to go like pick him up from the hospital and stuff. Ooh, yeah, um, that sucks, and, man. Like, I know I I'm not very close with this extended family member. Like, I see them on holidays and stuff, and that's pretty much about it. But other people in my family are very close with this person, and it's really affected them. And like, I've seen them, you know, be very upset at what this person's doing, and um, you know. Uh, that in turn affects the rest of us, you know, seeing yeah, someone yeah. in our family be upset about it. So I think it addiction, especially um, I, I'd like to think my, I mean, m- as far as like my porn addiction goes related to that, I've almost thought of it as kind of a motivator, you know, just like, I don't want to be, and obviously I wouldn't be strung out at a hospital or something, hopefully um, from looking at porn, but still like I've, you know that'd be pretty intense <laughs> well there's a kid that died apparently from masturbating too much in one day whoa there's that was a few wow. years ago i saw an article about it it was like he literally was just like doing it non-stop though um but anyway that's kind of off topic um yeah i mean i've almost used it as a motivator like i don't want to grow up and be like that person um you know like even if no one knows i'm like that person um, very few people in my family know about my whole history with porn and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would, I, I've kind of used it since I'm not really a, an aspect in this person's life. Like I said, like I'm not close with them at all. I, I've never really thought about like stepping in. I didn't even know about this. Apparently other people in my family knew about this, but the per- the time he was strung out at the hospital around Christmas was the first time I've heard about it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I didn't, excuse me, know of it before that, but other people did. So, um, you know, it's something that's been affecting them for years now. And, uh, I, I was just surprised, you know, like I had no idea he was doing that. Um, and, uh, I don't know, I, as far as like giving up on the person, I don't know if they're, if it's like family, I don't know if you can almost like you can, but you can't like, I think like, I don't think my, the person in my family would ever give up on the, this person in the extended family. Yeah. Um, and if like, if one of my brothers or my sister was like addicted to a hard drug in this, in a, in a way, like if someone, you know, I had influence over in a way, was addicted to something, then I, I feel like I wouldn't be able to give up on them in a, in a way either. Um, you know, I would do everything I could as far as like stepping in and, you know, trying to remove it from their life. If at the end of the day, though, as far as addiction goes, it's up to that person because you can't make someone else change. They have to do that themselves. And that's true. That's something that like kind of hit home with me too is like at the end of the day, it's, it's your decision. You're choosing to, indulge in this behavior uh and no one can force you to stop unless like you stop yourself like everyone can say whatever they want to say they can like say a million encouraging things at you but at the end of the day it comes down to you making a choice of i'm going to do this or i'm going to not and if that person like at the end of the day won't ever make the choice to stop then that's you know nothing you could do about it i guess like if uh, in the case of like if, if if one of my brothers or sister were doing that and they literally just never changed i don't say i'd give up on them but i would stop mm-hmm. inviting them to like you know 
holiday get togethers or stuff like that you know what i mean like I would, yeah especially if they like show up and they're all wasted right and right right whatnot. like i would i would definitely like make a separation from them but i wouldn't like remove myself completely i guess from them in a, in, a, in the total sense yeah i feel you on the family member man i i got a i got a cousin that like keeps going to jail and prison for like possession of meth and those types mm-hmm. of things and it it really sucks it really sucks because you want to help them, but but exactly when it, it comes down to like what you say, do they want to get helped? Are right. they going to choose to accept your help and all, all those types of things? So mm-hmm. it, it, it's really tough. Like you, you do want to help them and you try everything you can. But at the end of the day, there's also uh, they have to extend their hand to and whatnot. Uh-huh. Because it's not like Left 4 Dead. You can't put them in your backpack and carry them out of it. You know what I mean? It's just not possible. Can't, it's, you can't always do that in Left 4 Dead either, dude. That's true. Uh, but yeah, I mean, as far as like, it's really easy from an addiction mindset to say, to feel like you don't have a choice, you know, in, in terms of like giving into whatever it is you're addicted to. But I think a big part of me getting better was realizing that at the end of the day it really is like i am not forced to do this right now i could literally just not do this um that was important i think to get through my head mm-hmm. i definitely say to the person asking the question um definitely keep trying don't give up on them yeah yeah because i mean some people can quit you know anything faster than others it takes people all have their different roads and stuff and you know, it takes some people less time than it would take other people, I guess. Yeah. All right, we'll do uh, one more. All right. Um. Just, okay. Uh, what are your thoughts on very close relationships with people of the opposite sex? Do you think it is appropriate to have best friends of the opposite sex with whom you hang out alone and talk about deeper, more intimate topics with if you are not dating or married to that person? Are there any topics that should not be discussed in opposite-sex friendships uh, that should be reserved for same-sex friendships or significant others? I mean, I don't exactly have a problem with it, but uh, I don't, at least for me, I I find it really hard, especially if either person has some sort of attraction for the other party. I think that makes it a lot harder. Uh, At least least for me, it's kind of difficult to um be very close friends and have that kind of like uh platonic kind of almost intimacy and in, in being so close to one another but also having that kind of like spark of attraction so i i don't necessarily i don't like have a problem with it per se it's just kind of difficult like for me as a person to have those types of relationships and not yeah. that i don't have any friends that are girls but it's, it's just kind of <laughs> just kind of like different than having like a guy friend at least for me uh-huh yeah i i would say that i've never had um this type of relationship with a, a girl i wasn't dating honestly yeah, yeah um i've never i have like friends that are girls but uh the i would go to like I don't know. I, there's very few things that I would talk to them about that I wouldn't. So I want to word this. <laughs> I do talk to them about stuff, but 
it's it's very different than like conver- like if the if I had the same conversation with another with a guy friend it'd be different. Um I don't think that there's anything necessarily wrong with having a relationship like this. Like I don't think that's inherently wrong. Mm-hmm. But I tend to agree with what you said in terms of especially if you have like deeper more intimate conversations with somebody it's hard to like my my thing is if you're connecting with somebody on such a deep level then what is stopping you from dating them and if that isn't clear then you're i think you're entering a dangerous i guess territory yeah yeah um like if like like one of my friends for example is a friend that i do have deeper talks with and she's a girl but she's lesbian and we're not you know attracted to each other so like i have no problem talking to her about deeper stuff but let's say it was someone i was attracted to and we were both single and we were having deeper deeper talks then the next question would be like well why don't i why like why that's i don't know that's just the question i i have in that case is like why aren't you dating this person then and if you both don't have a clear answer of that question then i think it can be um a little concerning i guess um or i guess you might start running into problems that way yeah because i think i don't know a big part of a dating relationship is being kind of like each other's go-to in terms of that kind of stuff so like if i was struggling with something or if i wanted to if i was like struggling with something deep or wanted to have a had a deep question or something like that you know my girlfriend would be number one probably of who i would go to about it Um, yeah it's like a different version of a best friend right and i think if 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 you have someone like that, that's not your girlfriend, then you, there has to be another reason that you're not dating the person because that's a, you know, a characteristic that is found in, um, I guess, romantic relationships in mm-hmm. a sense. So yeah. as, uh, as long as you know why you're, you're not dating each other, then I don't have a problem with that kind of relationship. Anything else to add? I think that sums it up really nicely. Okay. Um, let's see. We're an hour and 21 minutes in. Do you want to do one more or do you want to call it? Um, we can go ahead and call it just because I want another cup of coffee. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that's going to be, I think it's episode six. I forget. But luckily I'm at my computer so I can check. Uh, but yeah, thank you for joining, Stephen. I know it was, it was uh, kind of your idea. To be on it in the first place but i appreciate you stopping by this is uh, like i said the first time we've kind of talked about more deeper topics i guess and uh in a yeah, sense outside like of Left 4 Dead 2. right but uh you know it was it was fun i had a good time and yeah you. man thanks i really joining. enjoyed this thanks mm-hmm. for thanks for having me I, I really appreciate it yeah man for sure so uh as far as an outro for everyone else um next episode will probably be next month or something sometime um new youtube video will be out next week as well but uh thank you for listening and all that good stuff and i'll see you guys around